Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We're uh, live on Navigating Your Healthcare. My name is Eric Hanna. I'm the President Chief Catalyst at Mode Health. It's a beautiful day in mid-Michigan. I hope you're having a wonderful day getting out and enjoying the sunshine. Uh, we're going to talk today about does corporate wellness work? You know, two studies were released in the past few weeks from Kaiser Family Foundation and the Journal of the American Medical Association addressing the question of do traditional corporate wellness programs improve health status and or lower health care costs? You know, this is a really important topic for me. I've been a lifelong health enthusiast and I followed this for a long, long time. Um, and in the mid 2000s, I was part of an organization that developed a pretty comprehensive wellness program um, as wellness programs started to take footing with the uh, advent of health savings accounts and later were kind of fueled by the Affordability Care Act. Uh, I also see um, employers, now that I'm on the benefits consultant and broker side, I'm helping them develop these kinds of strategies on how do they manage their healthcare spending and what kinds of activities really move the needle uh, on that spend and are the best fits for their employee, employees. So in my experiences, I've often posed the question, how do we leverage healthy lifestyle into lower healthcare costs for both the individual and for the company? So to take a step back, what do these studies really mean when they're talking about traditional wellness programs? The KFF study says that nine out of 10 large companies have some kind of wellness program in place. And usually they're referring to things like biometric screenings where vitals are uh, submitted by the employee to the employer, um, health screenings and physicals, wellness activities like step challenges, yoga classes, and potlucks. And most of these activities are incentivized by the employer. So the employer pays the employee to do these many of these activities in some form or another. And the average spend, according to one of these studies, was about $800 per employee per year. So we're talking about you know real money um, and real investment in employees' health. And I think we'd agree that prevention is really important. You know, so these are individually are good things, right? Like we, wouldn't, we wouldn't say not to do these things. But back to the original question, does corporate wellness work? And do these programs improve uh, the health status of the employees or lower the cost? So the results of the study, unfortunately, say that, it, that so far they are not showing that uh, wellness programs, these traditional wellness programs, are improving health or lowering healthcare costs, or even to the extent of lowering utilization of healthcare services. Now, there's a little bit of a limitation to this study. I should also say that while these are kind of disappointing results on, from some perspective, it also gives us an opportunity to now look at it different and try to realign, okay, what have we learned so far that's working or not working, and then how do we apply it going forward? So I'm excited about that opportunity in all of this. But the limitations of the study are, you know, the study really was only covering, or at least the, the JAMA study was uh, two years that they were tracking this activity to see if it lowered uh, costs and improved health. Um, but I also think there's some innate now limitations for wellness as these programs have been developed. You know, so why, aren't, why isn't wellness accomplishing these goals? First of all, for many employers, they're fully insured. And when you're fully insured, it's really hard to influence premium there's a real lack of control. And so there are other finance arrangements that can open up and, and um, be a little more uh, inclusive of what your utilization is versus the big pool or group of full other fully insured employers. 
There's also a transient workforce issue. You know, like I said, that these studies, or at least the JAMA study, covered year one and year two. But if employees um, are moving job to job every, you know, five, seven, ten years, then there's a, a limit in the arc of <clears throat> the return for the employer to invest in these activities with the hope that it keeps the employees kind of healthy and happy. Uh, but if they're moving on, then they're not really seeing that direct return. Also, who participates can be a limitation. Quite often, those people who are engaged in those kinds of healthy activities to begin with are the ones drawn to the wellness program. So you're not changing behavior of the highest risk individuals in your company. Often those people get mixed, missed um, and even sometimes left behind. You know, when I hear about wellness committees um, being formed, one of my big fears is if you look around the table and, the, and they all are, you know, fitness enthusiasts, um, you may be missing the target. And I also like to talk about in that same context, are you getting participation or engagement in your activities? If an employee is incentivized or paid to be at an event, um, are they filling a seat or are they taking that back with them and engaging and changing their behavior? Um, even in small steps. I also think wellness has kind of gone down a fitness rabbit hole in some uh, circumstances. So rather than general well-being, we're getting into this fitness mindset where we're just focusing on um, just physical health when we know there's lots of other aspects of general health and well-being. So what do, what do employers do with all this? You know, personal well-being is good. Employers want to support the personal well-being of their employees. Um, and with increases in lifestyle-related illness um, uh, uh, on the rise and increasing costs, increasing utilization, we need to take care of ourselves, no question about it. So should we abandon these employer-sponsored activities for supporting their employees' personal care? I would say, of course not. Of course not. But how, how do we translate the good behavior into company return on investment? And should employers implement these wellness programs? Well, I, I think it depends. And you really need to know what you're trying to accomplish. How are you setting your goals? What is the outcome you're trying to achieve with these activities? So why might you enter into a wellness program like this? Well, if, if you see, uh, or if your intent is to have a, to improve company culture or, or create a new perk, then I think some of these activities um, have some relevance. Nobody should tell you how to, um, how to improve the company culture. Um, I might just suggest that you may not need to submit you know, protected health information if we're really just looking at it as a perk. But nonetheless, some of these activities, you know, lunch and learns and things like that can be a great perk. And, but if you want to decrease spending or improve um, health outcomes, because that behavior change part is so hard, those types of activities don't seem to be making a difference. So here's a few best practices and, and um, suggestions on how to lower healthcare costs. And when we talked about that in the fully insured model, it's really hard to move the needle on premium. You're kind of you know, held to the group's performance rather than your own. But you can move to health finance arrangements or insurance programs, uh, designs, that reward that behavior for both the employer and the employee. We also can address health literacy. One out of nine Americans um, are, have low uh, health literacy scores. So we need to help employees understand how to take care of themselves um, and how to navigate the healthcare system and how to use the products and tools that are at their disposal. 
we also want to define our goals a little better, some clarity, like I said before. Which direction are you going? Is it a perk? Are we trying to drive down cost? All right, and, and when you start down those paths, we want to measure the right things. You know, you often hear about attendance being a measurement of success in a wellness program. Well, if they're getting paid to be there, are they participating or are they engaging? Back to that question. And how can we set tactics to accomplish those goals? So what steps do we have in place? What activities do we have in place to march our way down the path? So are we looking at that wellness program or are we looking at an education and training model that improves health literacy, provides navigation support that can actually move the needle when we pair this with um, different financing options on the insurance side. So I'm here and happy to help uh, anybody or any company uh, evaluate the readiness for these kinds of high value plans. Uh, please like the Mode Health Facebook page for alerts on future events. Uh, thanks for joining. Uh, appreciate you taking the time today. Take care.